Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winter is Coming Game of Thrones podcast. We are Take the Black, and we're here to talk about Game of Thrones Season 7 filming spoilers. And boy, do we have some good ones tonight. So, starting off tonight, we're going to be talking about Cersei Lannister and King's Landing. We're going to stay in King's Landing with Euron Greyjoy and some surprise guests. And then we're going to finish the podcast tonight with, um, I don't know, Trial by Fire. How about I call it that? Um, we don't have Isis with, with us tonight. She's at a Christmas party, so congratulations to, to Isis for skipping out Take the Black to go drink eggnog with people she doesn't really like. Um, <laughs> well, her husband's there. I guess she likes him. Anyway, uh, Annie, I was going to say, I hope none of them hear that. <laughs> okay, she likes her husband. The rest of them she probably doesn't care about. All right, going on, uh, Annie, why don't you start us with, because um, you wrote this piece originally, the, the, the first bit of news with Cersei and Jamie and uh, King's Landing and what we think might be her new Kingsguard armor. Okay, well, actually, the big news that happened this morning is that Game of Thrones has come back rock-style to Dubrovnik. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, that was the big surprise this morning. We've heard rumors floating around that there was some casting going on in Dubrovnik, that, that Game of Thrones might be coming back after basically skipping using them at all last year. Last year... You know, you know, season three and season two, three and four, Dubrovnik's old city stood in for King's Landing, and they did a ton of filming there for three years straight. And then last year, they didn't film there at all except for one day, and it was literally because they could not find a place in Spain that could stand in for the the dock where uh, Jamie brought Marcella's body back to. So they literally went there just for that day, just to film that scene. Oh. Um. This year, it seemed like they were only going to be in Spain again. Like, everywhere we heard about was in Spain. And then, like, a couple weeks ago, we started hearing these rumors. And then this morning, I was, you know, combing through the Spanish newspapers, looking for pictures. And I see this really cool picture of Cersei peering through a window. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's really cool. Where? That's in Dubrovnik. Yeah. Oh, oh look. Um, and it's, it's, very, it's very exciting. So, basically, right now, they're filming uh, two scenes in King's Landing. One, they're filming in Spain, and one, they're filming in Dubrovnik, like literally at the same time. The scene in Spain is a big crowd scene, and we'll get to that in a minute. But in Dubrovnik, uh, the actual Lannisters are there. So there's this big scene of a crowd with all these Lannister flags around, like cheering on the Lannisters. While the Lannisters are filming hundreds of miles away in another country. <laughs> um, and we got to see uh, Jamie, and he's still wearing his Lannister armor. He is not back in his gold armor. Um, so that's the first big news. Is so that she does not make him a Kingsguard. No, he has not come back to the Kingsguard, or if he has, he is not wearing the armor. Um, perhaps she has offered it to him and he hasn't taken it? I don't know. But he's wearing the Lannister armor. That's the first big thing. Uh, the second big thing is Cersei has another really awesome black dress oh. with a huge collar, like huge gold work collar and gigantic shoulder pieces that is just amazing. She also still has the pixie cut. Um, her hair it has grown out some. It's more of a 70s shag pixie cut, um, but it's still, it hasn't grown out that far. So clearly the t- either she's still cutting her hair or we haven't actually moved that far in time. Um, so that's, you know, right. uh, 
And then we got this picture of an extra uh, wandering through the uh, the streets of Dubrovnik, getting ready to go on the camera. And he has the most fascinating armor we have seen so far. Right. Um, the shoulders of his armor are the same shoulders that Cersei wore in the finale, in the coronation scene in the finale, um, when she takes the throne. His skirt part of his uh, of, of his outfit is that same uh, leather work that she wear that she's wearing in the finale. Um, and he has a completely new scroll work kind of sunrise thing on the middle of his chest that we've never seen before. Right. And uh, we don't know if this is the new look for the uh, for the Kingsguard. We don't know if, like, Cersei's made herself a private army. We don't know if this is what Lannisters who are loyal to Cersei wear, as opposed to Lannisters who are loyal to Jaime wear. Mm. Like, we have no idea what this is, but it is awesome. Like, it is, and it's so good to see new costumes. Interesting thought on Lannister loyalty being split between the siblings. I find that... Uh, Highly interesting and something worth talking about. Um, oh, and we also saw the director with them, um, and the director that we saw is Jeremy Podeswa. Yes. So this is either a scene that happens at the very first episode or the very last episode of the season. Which is going to be amazing because if you have the Lannister siblings dressed up, and in, in, in this picture, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, anybody, feel free to chime in. You're Sorry. wrong. Always wrong. <laughs> Always wrong. Uh, Cersei Lannister, you're late to the party. Cersei Lannister looks like a queen ready to go to war. Like, she's no longer walking around in the frilly dresses of the past. She's in a black dress, armored uh, collar and epaulets. She um, looks like she could get on a horse with a sword and go to town. Um, I don't think she'd actually, like, you know, dirty her. I don't think she would do that, but that's what she kind of looks like, a a queen at war. Mm, I'd agree with that. That's her official no longer fucking around outfit. Like she's she's not playing around, she's not dressed up, she's ready, like you said, to fight, to to plan a war. She wants people taking her seriously, not just looking at her because she's pretty or whatever it was in the past. So Right, exactly. That's this definitely what signals a, a big change in her way of thinking. And like Corey Thelm, let me ask you this as our one shonly tonight. Uh, we've seen a Cersei Lannister on Game of Thrones who's always had kind of an identity crisis. Uh, first she was Robert's wife, then she was, uh, you know, the king, the, the king's mother, the, the queen regent. Then she was Tywin's daughter once again. Um, she never really had her own identity until last season when she decided to take it back for herself. And um, what do you think about? her rocking if she rocks this look all season long what does that say to you Man, so. <laughs> I, okay i'm just gonna hey hey listeners how's it going i mean you're here so that oh means that God. you you really you know, clearly you want me to say something insightful about the clothes and all these implications and stuff and Annie and Razor, and to some extent, Corey really enjoy talking about it, and I enjoy listening to them talk about it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and I know wow. that that sounds really, like, lame, and, and it's part of it's because I'm incredibly tired and, and been grumpy all day, I think, but when I look at these outfits, it just looks like, like, who has it said they look like, like more intimidating kind of war outfits. There's more metal on them. 
There's, um, you know, newer sigils and stuff like that. I mean, it's honestly, I don't know what it says about Cersei. Cersei, to me, is going to have a hard time uh, getting people on her side in general because, I mean, she's a woman. She uh, there's all this. She has all these scandals around her and everything, and she kind of just took the crown without going through due process, I guess. And she will. basically killed everybody in in, uh, in half oh, the yeah. Landing, she blew so. up a church. But the people, I guess, people assume she did. I don't know if she's gonna like take credit for that publicly or not. But people are gonna assume she did. So there, there's all these. She doesn't have a mandate. Let's put it like that. So uh, I mean, yeah, I can see how she would need to be more aggressive and use her army and her money and all that stuff but i just when i look at these pictures it could also very easily i mean these these uniforms are brownish maybe they just don't people to see them shitting i don't know (laughs) i don't know what they're trying to hide but uh it's definitely a, a step away from like the lannister colors red and gold yeah which she you would think that she would like I would have thought that they would be more red and goldy, uh, but they're not. Well, so that's Jamie's is still red and gold. Yeah, because Jamie's not part of her important. Kingsguard. Exactly. No, Great I, point. Great point by phone. He's not part of her Kingsguard, and we don't know yet how close I, the two yeah, are. Yeah. But I'm saying if she's having everybody dressed in black, I think it's significant that Jamie is still in red and gold because Cersei's clearly pivoted away from the classic Lannister look and colors, but Jamie hasn't. You see what I'm saying? You know what, Corey Stone? You you said you didn't give a shit, but you sparked more conversation, so we thank you for that. Um, no, Corey Smith, I absolutely agree with you, Corey Smith. Um, but I go back to what Annie said. Perhaps we're we're seeing a division, and, and this is completely right. and that's what I mean. wild <laughs> speculation. Maybe we're seeing a division in House Lannister. With, uh, yeah, and you know what? It's really unfortunate because the Mountain is also there, but we only have pictures of him out of costume. So we don't yeah. act, we all we have is a picture of him in a t-shirt. So we don't actually know like if he were wearing this new black armor like we could say, yeah, this is definitely like Cersei's king guard. Right. But we don't have that picture. Right. But like I said, I don't think it's wild speculation to say that there would be division between the two. I think we kind of assume at some point there will be just because, you know, we got that glimpse at the very end of season 6 when Jamie kind of realized what Cersei had done. And so I don't I I don't think that I think it's very significant that Jamie's still in the the gold and and crimson, and and Cersei has kind of gone off and kind of established her own thing. I think she's kind of saying like, I'm not asking anymore. I'm not following tradition. I'm doing what I want to do. And you know, what did House Lannister ever really give her other than kind of auctioning her off from one person to the next? Right. So. One thing I want to point out about this this new uh, armor on this uh, guard or soldier or whatever he is, he's young. Number one, we haven't seen a lot of young uh, Kings Guard or uh, I don't even know any kind of House Guard. We haven't seen their faces that close, and he's young. Uh, so that's one thing to point out. Number two is the scroll work on his chest plate and the armoring. We've never really seen this type of armoring before. Last season was really heavy on the samurai look, especially with Jamie Lannister and his army and his armor. Uh, this is this is a definitely a step in a different direction. Everything from, from the epaulets to the shoulders to the arm armoring itself to the van braces, it's all completely different. Um, I don't know, and I, I would love for Cersei's new Kingsguard or Queensguard 
to be all in black and silver and for her to take a different direction than how Slamster usually goes because really who does she have left for uh to be a Lannister with anyway they're all dead or she doesn't give a shit about anybody except for Jamie and we don't know how much she cares about him right now anyway hey and you know the the other thing is if you think about Cersei doing her own thing black and silver would be the exact opposite of the former Kingsguard colors which are white and gold Oh, great yeah, point. point. So, great point. I mean, I that were, were definitely. I thought they were. I thought they were blue and white. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. So Who invited this. Moving, moving, moving on to the next set. So while we were lo- looking at these pictures over in Dubrovnik, back over in Spain, they are filming this big crowd scene, and in the morning, all we saw was like the actual crowd, which was like you know wearing all of the different colors that we used to see in King's Landing. Lots of fancy finery. Lots of you know lots of women and men all together and they were clearly forming a pathway and we weren't really sure why like was was Cersei going to ride through in in a in a in a litter you know witnesses said that they saw you know the Lannister army were basically walk were supposed to be walking through and people were going to be cheering um but that's all we knew and then this afternoon pictures began arriving and it turned out that there was a parade. And everyone loves a parade. <laughs> I remember the last time there was a parade in King Landing, right? It was a parade yeah. of one, a naked lady walking through the streets. Everybody loved that. Um, this is not quite that parade. This parade has, um, how do we say this? Um, sand snakes in it. Snakes and a uh, kraken. Two kraken. Yeah. Snakes and a kraken. Yeah. Oh, good. All of, our we... fav- all of our favorite characters who we really just wish would be killed off were all in this parade, all together, all at once. I was and say, music- this yeah. is the worst parade. Like, this is like, <laughs> if if the Macy's parade, about halfway through, they just deflated the balloons and it was just people, like, walking in, in groups. Then they used to be holding balloons, but now they're just texting. And they just, yeah. like... And, and there, there, there's Urien Greyjoy riding through on a horse, and the horse, by the way, has the most amazing Kraken mask on it. Like yeah. it is so cool, and uh, and he is uh, leading a prisoner who we actually hadn't seen before now by a rope, and she's bleeding, and she's clearly been abused, and there's our little Yara. Yara Greyjoy. So now we have confirmation that. The Greyjoy that was kidnapped, we kind of already knew this, is indeed Yara. Uh, Euron takes Yara, and instead of killing her right off the bat, uh, where my niece and my nephewless murder them, he actually takes her. And it looks like he's going to make a present of Yara to Cersei if this is King's Landing. Now, this picture of, of Euron on his badass horse, a black horse, it's by It's King's the way. Landing. So it's a King's Landing. It's Euron Greyjoy on a badass yeah. black horse with badass barding. Uh, the Kraken mask, it's just really amazing. Um, says one thing. One major thing stands out to me. Why did he not arrive by boat? Why is he riding through the streets on a horse? Clearly, he already had this armor picked out to to adorn his horse. So he's riding in from somewhere else. He's not riding. He's not coming like up to the harbor of King's Landing. So that that's one thing to point out. Um, and then behind behind this group, behind Yara, behind Euron, are two. Um, of probably the most hated characters in Game of Thrones, the Sand Snakes. And they are in their Dornish finery, but they look a little bit 
bedraggled, I guess. They're wet and they're well. Okay, word. the reason they're, they're okay for for the record, the reason that they're wet is because it was bloody pouring well, rain. Well, I, I get that. Yeah. I understand that, but I mean, it looks and like that, for that part will probably actually be edited out in post. But they or they leave it for effect if it's going to be raining and they want to make them look as miserable as possible. But uh, yeah, but they didn't need to be filming this in the rain. Like that just happened to be the weather, and they just pushed through because this is the only two days they have to do this. I heard I saw some of the comments on this post where people were like, maybe they're spies and they're one. No, they're not spies. If you're a spy, you don't wear your Dornish outfit to spy in. You 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 dress a King's Lander. No, they're actually yeah, in and- their their Dornish outfits and they look yeah. miserable. Yeah, they are clearly, Alaria, clearly, they are yeah. they are prisoners. Yeah, because Alaria is basically wearing, you know, a bikini. So that's not exactly what you wear when you're running around, you know, trying to spy on people. You definitely would be wearing something more subdued. So, and and I mean, there's kings, go, there's uh, gold, gold cloaks all over the place. So it's it's most certainly King's Landing, right? Right, without a doubt. And so, so another, another thing to point out here is there are two sand snakes missing, Obara and Nymeria. So the the other the other uh, rumor that we would have two or one sand snake killed uh, could possibly come true with those two being killed. So we're looking at Obara, who always has to remind everybody that her dad was uh, Oberon Martell and that he took her to court and that she chose the spear and, and he slapped her mother or whatever that story goes. Uh, she'll never tell that story again because she's dead. And Nymeria, she apparently is not there either. So Thank God. God knows what happened to them. But they saved yeah. Tyene and I, I, and, and I assume they saved Tyene because Tyene is supposed to be kind of the sympathetic snake. Like she's the one who kind of half had the affair with Braun. She's the one we're supposed to have identified with in season five. If anyone was going to identify with any of those girls in season five like clearly they think that these are the two more sympathetic of the snakes that they can get away with not killing right right i would counter that with being these are the two people that the viewers actually remember because one of them was there when Oberon was killed uh-huh. and the other showed her tits <laughs> there you yeah, go that's well, true she did take her top off there you go yeah well well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean honestly i I don't even remember their names or anything, but I remember the one poisoning Braun with boob magic. I forget how that happened. <laughs> boob magic. <laughs> and then threw him some <laughs> antidote that I don't remember that scene. It was awful, but like he, she, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that scene. Listen, she's, she, that listen scene here's, how you, here's how you remember tying sand. You want the good girl, but you need the bad pussy. Yeah, that's that, how you that, remember her. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. so yeah. So this obviously is Euron Greyjoy making. It looks like he's going to make a gift of his prisoners to Cersei, which means um, an, an imminent. I don't he's know. He's got a really alliance. long walk to get to Dubrovnik. He does. He really does. <laughs> uh, an imminent uh, alliance is about to form between. Um, I don't know. I, who would who would you characterize these people as? Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton of of West Oh Coast? God, stop that! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, you're fired. You're fired. You're uh, not even allowed. But still, everybody called him Donald Trump last year. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, um, so you yeah, have. That was bad, but it was funny. We got these people uh, going through King's Landing and doing their thing, and and the one that sticks out to me obviously is Yara with the, with the rope tied around her neck, and she's walking behind the horse. Um, I don't know. After that big long uh, speech she had with Danny last season of uniting uh, Greyjoys and, and, and the Targaryens, I guess that's all for not this season because I don't see how 
Yara survives this. Corey Smith? Yeah, I mean, I was just kind of thinking if, if – so Yara is executed at some point in Season 7, and we assume that either in Season 7 or Season 8, Euron also bites the bullet. That leaves Theon as the last surviving Greyjoy, uh, which is kind of, you know, crazy to think about because – after everything that happened, if Theon ends up in charge of the Iron Islands, which is what he wanted from the beginning, um, but his whole family's dead, I don't know how... He took a hell of a route to get there. Right. And he, you know, lost a few appendages on the way. Yeah. Um, some of which... His favorite were, toy. Yeah, his favorite toy. change circumstances. <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, that's kind of crazy to think about. Um, but it, it makes sense if you think about, you know, they weren't going to have Theon finally escape Ramsay only to be captured and tortured, you know, tortured by his uncle for the next, you know, for the remaining two seasons. Like how much can the poor guy go through? Um, and we kind of speculated this on a previous podcast that it would be Yara that would be captured by Euron. So, I mean, this all kind of confirms, you know, all the stuff that we've been thinking all along, which is, um, you know, I guess good, good for us. Uh, yeah, I guess we put two and two together, put two and two together. Uh, Corey Thun, let me ask you a question, man, since you're so insightful on these things. Do you think there's any hope for Yara now that she's trapped with Euron and Cersei and she's in King's Landing? Do we, are, it, would, would Danny swoop in and save her when she comes to meet everybody else at King's Landing? Would she demand free, freedom of her, her, her army? Nah, she did. She uh, did. <laughs> and that's, that's actually, if they're really wanting to make Euron and anyone else there increase the evilness i guess they'll kill off one of the few interesting characters that they've added in the last few seasons in yara yeah so uh who can actually deliver monologues and and look intimidating and be an actress uh and if they also want to make us hate him that he will spare the um sand snakes and kill yara that would be how to make me hate him because right now i think of Euron as like i don't know I get why it's supposed to be threatening on paper, but it's just at this point, it's like we we know who's gonna win the game. We know who's not gonna win the Game of Thrones. In my like, it's probably not you, guy who was introduced in season five or whatever. <laughs> so uh, that would be a good way to make me mad at him anyway, because I love Yara. I think she's a great character. Yeah, she's awesome. And, and I also think that it would be, I don't know. At the same time, it would be pretty much the, the show would be basically like. Oh, I can't remember the guy's last name on The Walking Dead. What's Rick's last name on The Walking Dead? Grimes. Rick. Grimes. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be Rick Grimesing uh, Theon at that point. Like, <laughs> how else can we torture this guy but people will still watch? So, I don't know. Um, I, I think she's probably going to die. So, I hope she lives. I'd like to see her character do more things, but, you know. I, just I love that you called her uh, a really great actress because you know that uh, – uh, Gemma Whelan is actually a comedian in real life and does. Yeah, and I, I looked that up, and she—I I remember looking it up and seeing she was a comedian, and that. Uh, and I just—I think that that kind of backs up that a the show, the writing on it, can make almost anybody look good, except apparently for an Oscar nominee, one of the Sand Snakes. Uh, but that, <laughs> but that, that like. I don't know. Sometimes people just get roles that they just get that they just they understand the character and and how to make it come to life in a way that nobody else really could have done, given the especially the limited screen time that she's really had. 
uh, I, to become one of my favorite non-power family characters. Uh, I think it's a credit to her as an actress more anything else. So she's been great. Well, this uh, Dan Selke, our editor in chief, who wrote this article, set points out that Mark Mylod, the director, is on uh, set for this, which this prob means this probably happens in episodes two or three. So we're going to get this out of the way really quick, apparently. Um, Corey Smith, I have a book question for you. Uh, we haven't seen much of Euron's ship, The Silence. We, ha- we haven't seen anything of it. We've only heard it mentioned. Uh, and, and now we, we've talked about uh, Connor McGregor going to be joining the show for whatever reason. I guess David Benioff and Dan Weiss really like UFC or well, whatever they like, it's called. They like stunt casting. They and have so... They Coldplay on to play for uh to play the uh, red wedding. Red wedding. I they know, had, um, and they had and they had Sigur Ross on to play the purple wedding. Like they like doing that. It's fun. Well, okay, and, it, but... and it's a hell of a lot better than Angela Lansbury. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I mean, you were kind of getting at it. I mean, Conor McGregor. Um, you know, supposedly he's going to be cast as a member of your own ship, The Silence. Mm-hmm. And the ship, obvi- the ship gets its name because uh, Euron cuts out the tongues of all of his crew members, so right. nobody could talk on the ship but him. So you know, I mean, McGregor's cameo appearance is probably going to be you know about as much as the people y'all just mentioned, Coldplay and everybody else. I mean, they didn't have any lines in the show. Well, let me get to my uh, point really quick. Uh, with, Con- with with now that we know Conor McGregor is probably going to be a member of the Silence. Uh, we've heard it mentioned last season. Uh, we'll possibly see it Can I just say, Conor McGregor has never been a member of the Silence because he won't <laughs> shut the hell up. <laughs> right. Thank it's you. It's going to be hard for Thank him you. to act. Like I know, right? Uh, could we be seeing Alaria or Tyne Sand becoming the dusky woman upon the Silence? This is a book <sighs> okay. question. It's a book nerd question, but i got to ask it. Yeah, so in the books, uh, Euron has a woman on his ship. Call, uh, named the Dusky Woman. We don't really know what her real name is, but um, and he gives her to her brother, his brother uh, Victorian, who's not on the show. They kind of merge Victorian and Euron into one character, um, and she also has her tongue cut out and can't speak. So, if Euron wants to start cutting out the tongues of the Sand Snakes, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm in favor of that. I'm all plan. for that. Uh, I like that plan. It's a good plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I guess, I don't know. I, that's, it's such a minor part that I don't know that they'll really waste time on it. But, um, I mean, I could see him doing it to kind of illustrate that he cuts the tongues out of his crew members. Right. You know, like they, they, bear, they briefly mentioned it last season right before uh, Euron threw Balon off that bridge. So. All right. It, well, it, it, it could happen. I um, mean, you gotta you gotta imagine he wants to give. Obviously, he's bringing Yara in, which Cersei's really not gonna really give two shits about Yara, except for the fact that she aligned herself with Danny, which is uh, Cersei's main. Uh, uh, I don't know her main villain. I guess the person she's gonna be fighting, the hero of the, of the show. And then you have the Sand Snakes, and that's who Cersei really wants revenge on, right? She's the one who killed. Uh, in fact, these two specifically are the ones who killed Marcella uh, with the poison. So, oh, right. Good so, point. Yeah, so right. they're going to be marched up to Cersei. I don't imagine either of these women will be making it out of King's no. Landing. And they'll either, be turned, no they'll either be turned over to the mountain or Cersei herself will do something with them, which will be unspeakably horrible. And, uh, my God, as much as I hate the Sand Snakes, I'm not sure I'll be able to handle a scene where she just 
completely tortures and murders another somebody. But whatever, it's Game of Thrones. It's awesome. I'll watch it anyway. Um, let's move on to our last topic of the night, and this is really exciting. Corey Smith, you're really up on this. So I'll let you introduce it. So we had we had leaked footage of a scene that takes place. Um, we're not quite sure where, but we have a, a robed figure who is standing with his face away from the camera, and he is engulfed in a giant blast of fire, a fireball, basically. Um, after he's lit on fire, he screams out two lines, um, which, again, we're not 100% sure on, but we think that one of the lines is, no Khaleesi, and then the second line is, what, what witchcraft is this? Okay. Um, and then that, you know, that's basically the end of the, of the leaked footage. So it leads us, I mean, I wrote a long piece on it on Wick, and it, I mean, the, the implications are kind of all over the place. Some people have implied that it, maybe it's not Khaleesi, maybe it's Have Mercy. Um, it sounds very much like Khaleesi to me, which that kind of, to me, implies that whoever's saying it, has a familiarity with Danny from Essos. Right, uh, and if, so it's he, wearing, if, it's, if this person's wearing a cloak, not likely to be a Dothraki. Right, and the cloak is very, the cloak is fur-lined. It looks very similar to what we always see the Starks wearing. Um, you know, it's got fur, fur along the shoulders, so it looks uh, real similar to, like, what Rob wore in uh, the first three seasons, Rob Stark wore. Um, I I did mention just for for clarity's sake, you know, they keep saying winter has come, winter has come. So it's possible that anybody could be wearing a cloak at this point. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a northerner. It, I doubt it's a Dothraki, but it it could be you know basically Does anybody. Wearing. Get cold. I, I, yeah, but they're kind of manly. You know, they don't want to admit they're cold. And, they just throw you know, deer skins over them and, and call it a day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, let's talk about this really quick. So, in the video, we see this happen. This all goes down. Obviously, it's uh, screen work for a dragon catching someone on fire. Um, we think, it, from the way this scene is put together, that Danny's going to be there, and she's going to order one of her dragons to breathe fire on this person. And if this person is saying Khaleesi, no Khaleesi, then it's either A, in my opinion, Jorah, because he always calls her Khaleesi, no matter what. Doesn't call her Daenerys, doesn't call her Queen, doesn't do anything else. The only one, too. The only one that calls her Khaleesi. So that pretty much narrows it down in my in my point of view. If this is not, in fact, a um, whatever, a Dothraki, it might be. It could be um, varies. But he would call her my queen. He wouldn't call her Khaleesi because he never was around her when she was a Khaleesi of, of the Dothraki. <laughs> he was just around her since she's been queen. So he would call her my right. queen. So – and then this whole – I'm not sure the whole second line, the what sort of witchcraft is this – now, a lot of people have been speculating that the way that um, Jorah, the Explorer, gets his, uh, his grayscale cured is by Dragonfire. Uh, there's no basis in this but the fact that Dragonfire is magic. The only problem is if a dragon's breathing fire on you, your whole entire body – we saw it in, at Daznak's Pit. We saw it at the finale last season, or the penultimate episode in season episode 9, that dragons, when they breathe fire on people, it engulfs their entire body. I'm not sure that uh, Drogon or any of the other dragons could uh, give a targeted flame just to the part of the arm that has grayscale on it. I don't know. Anybody else want to weigh in on this, Annie? 
I, you know, I don't actually know that that's what it is. I will say this. Jorah is the only one who calls her Khaleesi on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. We have not heard any of the Dothraki, the new Dothraki, really call her that. Even even now, like, we haven't heard that. Right. He is the only one who refers to her in as if it's her name, right? And, it, it, I mean, it's a, it's effective, you know, at this point. There are still people who actually think her name is Khaleesi. Right. Um, My wife included. I, <laughs> um... My wife. Every time you say that, I now actually My wife. Um, anyway, um, the fact of the matter is, is that I have a lot of trouble believing that we're that a dragon can breathe fire on anyone who isn't Danny and they survive. Right. Okay. Because there's just not enough. Like how 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 how? Yeah, I don't I don't buy it. Um, I also don't buy that she would have her dragons breathe fire on Jorah unless he was going to survive. So it's, I, I'm, I'm really of two minds here. If she's killing someone with dragon fire, I don't feel like it would be one of her own people calling her Khaleesi. Then it would be something like well, have mercy. Uh, yeah. Okay, so well, this is this is the point that I eventually arrived at in the article, was that we, we hear the two lines, but they don't necessarily have to be spoken by the same person. So it could be Jorah screaming out, no Khaleesi, like, because he doesn't agree with whoever the hell it is that Danny's lighting on fire for whatever reason. And that would make sense because, you know, we know she goes overboard and we know that right. Tyrion and Jorah make it their, their life's work to basically pull her back. Right. And so if, if that's true... Um, then the person could still be lit on fire and therefore die. And then the second person would have to be someone, because if, if it is what witchcraft is this or something along those lines, it would have to be someone who's never seen a dragon light somebody on fire. So Jorah's not going to say that. He knows what the dragons do. He's seen them light people on fire. And you bring um, up a good point of it being Randall or Dickon or both Tarly. Randall, right. So Randall, my, Dickon, Tarly. My, right. So my final hypothesis or whatever the hell you want to call it was that it's Randall Tarly being lit on fire and that it's Dick and Tarly screaming out the witchcraft line. So, so Joris screams out, no, don't burn him basically. Cause he's, you know, powerful, important. We can ransom him. It doesn't set a good example, whatever the reason so is. So basically Khaleesi is used as a stop word, like Khaleesi. Right. Right. Okay. He's, he's trying it's to get her safe to stop. Word. His safe right. word. <laughs> Please don't burn people with your dragons. That's my safe word, you know. Um, so, and then Dickon, who of course would not be familiar with dragons, could scream out the the witchcraft line. You know, what sort of witchcraft is this? He just saw a dragon light somebody on fire. So, that was my best guess. I mean, who knows? You know, they had other small clues in the scene. You know, it's on a beach. You know, it's on sand. So that made us think it's on a beach, i.e., Dragonstone. You know, where we've seen oh, all the leaks. Okay, I just figured it out. All right, go oh, ahead. Shit. I was going to go to you anyway. Go stop, ahead. stop. Okay, go. It's the Red Woman. The oh, dragon is about to do something, maybe, but the Red Woman is who kills whoever that is as she goes down to meet uh, Khaleesi on the beach or whatever the hell, wherever they're at. And that's why it's witchcraft, because who doesn't understand how dragons breathe fire? Oh. The The concept of being like, yeah. What is this witchcraft? A fire-breathing dragon? You mean that thing that is legend around here? Right. And it's like, yeah, that that's not witchcraft. It's dragoncraft. <laughs> so maybe 
it could be either uh, the red woman or someone the the one with the jewels on her face or uh, the the one that hangs out with the eye patch guy or maybe another one I don't know but I think that maybe that might be an actual reveal of a character that we haven't seen in a while or we weren't expecting making their way there to light something on fire that um, they didn't expect that's that's what I'm gonna say that makes more sense to me than a dragon breathing fire and being like, what is this? Like, so, uh, you don't think it's a dragon at all. You think it's just like the red woman burning somebody. Is that what you're no, saying? I mean, the drag, I think the dragon could be there. I, 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 I'm saying, uh, that I don't think that a dragon breathing fire on somebody is going to be misconstrued as witchcraft by somebody in Westeros. Yeah. I, and, and I had the same thought as well. It just, and yet you still said it. From your mouth. No, well, okay, so, the, but then you you start to, it opens up to a hundred other different questions, like, what yeah, the hell would the Red Woman be there for? You're talking they'd have to have some sort of alliance. I mean... She's it, headed it, that way. Yeah. And it, it could work. I'm just saying, it, it's it's a whole lot, what if they a decide lot to, to jump on. What if they decide to burn her because John's there and he sees her and he told her, if I see you again, I'll kill you? So, or he but said, you come north. What if he sees her and he tells Danny about how bad she is? Danny decides to put her to the torch, but it doesn't burn her, and somebody says, what witch crap is this? Like, what if it doesn't burn her because she's used to fire? Just because, okay, to be fair, just because the stuntman caught on fire does not mean that the actor in question will catch on fire. There you sure, go. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah. Good point. And, I, and I said that as well. Like, it, it doesn't, it, you know, they, they're just trying to film the, the fireball hitting the person is, right. I think, the point of the scene. And from that point on, any, all bets are off after the dialogue, you know, including the guy flails around on the ground for a few seconds. Um, you know, he could simply put out the fire. We don't know. I mean, we don't see the remainder of the scene. All we see is a couple of people running with fire extinguishers, which I assume is not going to make the final cut. So, you know, it, it could mean all kinds of stuff. The fact that it's on sand doesn't even mean that it's on a beach. They could have just filmed it on sand because sand doesn't, light on fire, like if yeah. they film on, on grass or something. So uh, I think the key is someone getting hit with a fireball, and after that and after the line of dialogue, everything else could be, literally could mean anything because they can add a lot of stuff and post All right, it so here's, here's my personal theory, and it, it's, I'm just throwing this out here because I've been putting it together ever since I saw this video. So Jorah, he goes to he goes to Karth, he finds Kaith, she paints him up with tattoos to protect him, she says the only way to cure it is through dragon fire, but these tattoos protect you. So he goes back, he finds Danny, he tells her, I need one of your dragons to uh, breathe on me. And he's like, come on, Khaleesi, do it. She, she orders the dragon to breathe on him. And when he doesn't catch on fire and die, but his, his grayscale's cured, somebody goes, what sort of witchcraft is this? Eh? So there you go. <laughs> There's my theory. I'm sticking to it. That's Jorah. <laughs> I mean, physically, the guy looks like it. I mean, he's a tall guy. He's wearing northern garb. So, I mean, it wouldn't be that far off. Well, listen, we've talked about all we're going to talk about on this podcast. I don't think we have anything else interesting 
Talk what, about tonight. the Golden Globes and the Star uh, I was awards. trying to Come get on. away with it. Fine, go no, ahead. No, 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 no. Just, it, just real quick. I mean, it's award season. Game of Thrones is being nominated for all the usuals. Peter Dinklage has once again been nominated for SAG Award. Um, the cast is best got nominated for Best Ensemble. Uh, they're up for Golden Globe for Best Drama. You know, it's all the usual suspects. Uh, we should note that uh, Kit Harrington and uh, and. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. Uh, Maisie Williams um, were not, uh, I believe they were not nominated for SAGs. Uh, Lena Headey was the only one nominated for a Globe. Um, So, you know, we we should just, we we, we should just say congratulations to them and that we'll be watching uh, the award show when they air in January. Or you'll be watching and I'll be reading your highlight article. (laughs) No, just my red carpet highlights. Alright guys, so for myself, for Annie, for I for Isis is in here, we miss her. For Corey and Corey, I'm Razor. This has been Take the Black. Thanks for listening, Rilar Magulis.